Welcome, guys, to the Recovering Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Fredrickson. We are honored that we could be a part of your recovery journey and encourage you and help you in any way possible. Before you enjoy this awesome podcast, we also just want to let you know there is a whole bunch of free resources that you can find on our website at recoveringreality.com. Enjoy the podcast. Friends, welcome to another episode of the Recovering Reality Podcast. I hope you guys are doing fantastic. I hope you're staying encouraged and filled with hope in this uh, interesting, prolonged season we've all been in. And I hope you've been enjoying the uh, the interviews. I personally love the interviews, just hearing the hope, hearing people who are completely lost and defeated and just hear how their life has been radically transformed. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I hope you guys have been encouraged by those. And but today, I'm be honest, man, I just want to preach to you. I haven't done it in a while. You know, I speak regularly, but and I've done a lot of it on Zoom calls or at, um, people having me on their online stuff. But I haven't done it in person in a while because everything's shut down, kind of, sort of, still. Um, but I, I want to share something today that I think is going to be extremely encouraging. I really, really do. I want to talk about our identity today, because there's really an an assault on identity today. Just think about it. Everywhere you turn, they're trying to get you to question your identity. Right down to the right down to the point of, well, you might be born a male, but you might just be a female. You you might have been born a female, but you're really a male. Uh, right down to what label you have with your health. You know what diagnosis you have. What medication you think they think you should be on. What what they want to teach your kids and how they want to teach them. Well, what's your stance on everything? If you think about it, everything bombards us about our identity. And my life changed dramatically when I began to understand my identity in God. When I started following Jesus and understanding that my thoughts need to line up with his thoughts about me. I need to agree with who he says I am. Anything less than that is going to create confusion in my life. And it does take intentionality and work, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it. Not work to earn it, but an intentional discipline to stay in the place of understanding that I need to agree with who he says I am. And maybe the best, one of the best stories in the Bible is Moses. And I've spent um, well over a week now in the, the book of Exodus, and I haven't got past chapter six, I think. I've just reread it and reread it and reread it and reread it in a different translation and reread it. And it's fascinating to me. I want to just break some things down because now we can say, well, you know, Moses, like most people in the world have heard of him or at least have a general idea, authored the first, uh, I believe, five f- books of the Bible. He, God sent him to confront the most powerful man who led the most powerful nation and army on the entire planet, led the Israelites out of Egypt into the promised land. Like what he did is like, wow, amazing, so big and glorious, but it's like, Let's hear a little bit of the backstory and put ourselves in that spot and understand that when God calls us to do something, it's dependent upon who he is. Our job is to partner with who he is, not force it to happen in our own strength. 
Moses, at the time of his birth, okay, Pharaoh was, uh, had become concerned about the Jewish people, the Israelites. They were becoming too numerous. He felt threatened by them, to be honest. And so he told the midwives to start killing male children as they were born. And the midwives wouldn't do it. They feared God more than they feared Pharaoh, and they wouldn't do it, and God blessed them for it. But even after that, when male children were born, they would chuck them in the river. They would throw them in the Nile River, these male kids, because they were terrified of being outnumbered by the Jewish and being overtaken by them. Well, Jacobed, Moses' mother, knew this, had Moses, kept him concealed, hidden, whatever, for some amount of time. But then it was too much. She couldn't do it anymore. So in faith, now wrap your head around this. This is an entire message in and of itself. Wrap your head around this one. In faith, put her son in a basket and pushed him off down the river. Just ponder on that for a little bit. In faith, not in fear, in faith, gave her son up and put him in God's hands. A Hebrew floats down the river, gets picked up by... Pharaoh's daughter, who's bathing, picks him up. They nurse him. He's brought up in the Egyptian palace with, in a roundabout way, Pharaoh being his grandfather. Think of all of the, what he learned in there, how he was educated, how he was taught, how he was raised, okay? But he didn't forget his people. He didn't forget his heritage. Because we know down the road, okay, that one day he sees an Egyptian beating up a Hebrew, mistreating a Hebrew, and to defend his people, Hebrews, he attacks the Egyptian, kills him, buries him, hides the body, buries him, okay? The very next day, it says, the very next day he sees two Hebrews fighting, and he goes to break them up fighting, and they turn on him, and they're like, who do you think you are, man? Like, what are you going to do, kill us like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? So he splits, because everyone finds out Pharaoh's... So, so he takes off, right? Runs. Heads off to Midian, all right? And he's in Midian at a well, sees some people being mistreated again, comes to their defense, ends up uh, marrying the daughter of a Midian priest and spends decades out there in the desert tending sheep, okay? Now, let's just look at this in a nutshell. You have some uh, a man who was born from his birth was trying to be murdered because of his identity, right? He was a Hebrew. Then he's raised in an Egyptian household. Now, not just an Egyptian household, a palace. He's raised in the palace. Then he still has a heart for his people, goes to try and defend one one day, murders an Egyptian, right? The very next day, He's thinking to himself, like, I'm helping my people. I'm, I'm doing something just confused about his own identity, I'm sure. And his own people want nothing to do with him. Well, what are you going to do? Kill us like you did the Egyptian? So then the household that he was raised in is, it now wants to kill him. So he splits, got, has nowhere to go, lands in a foreign land, and now is married to a foreigner. And it says, and I quote, He says, once he is settled in and married in Midian, he says, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. So confused about who he is, I'm sure the journey of it all, the not knowing who and who's my parents and who's my people and why am I here and my life is over. Like, think how confused and defeated he was 
in the midst of all of that, and some of it rightfully so. But here's the thing. Stuff can happen to us, right? We don't have control over everything that happens to us, but we have control over how we respond to it. I have the choice to stay a victim. I have the choice to stay confused if, if I want to, but why? Why would I stay in that place regardless of what's been done to me? And, and trust me, I hear the stories every day with my clients, with the parents and the crying mothers and family members that call me concerned about their loved ones and children. I hear the stories every single day. There's some things that have been done to some people that it's like, wow, I'm not really going to sit here and blame you that you've been stuck in this victim mentality and you've been discouraged and depressed. Like, that's crazy. But guess what? You don't have to stay there. No matter what you've been through, what you've done, what's been done to you, you don't have to stay there. You don't. There's a way out. Moses is tending sheep now. Okay, fast forward. He's tending sheep, Mount Sinai. He's sitting there. And he sees a bush on fire, but it's not burning up. Side note, that's the way Christians should be living. They should be on fire, but not burning up. So he says, what is this? There's a bush on fire, but I'm going to go over and check this out. We know the encounter he has with the burning bush. God speaks to him, an angel of the Lord. Da, da, da. We, we, we know the, the story, okay? Then he starts a dialogue with God, though. And God begins to tell him, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh and I want you to say, let my people go. And Moses in so many words is like, I, I, well, I love his response so much because he says, suppose that's how he starts it. Suppose I do go. And they ask me, who's this God? What am I supposed to say? And God says, just tell them I am. Suppose they don't listen to me. Well, I'm going to send you in power. Suppose they won't come. I'll make them. Suppose. And he gets to the point where he just says, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do it. He, he gets to the point where he says, yeah, but I have this stutter issue. I have this issue with my, my, you're asking me to go speak to the most powerful man on the planet. I'm supposed to just walk in there. I'm supposed to just say, let my people go. And he's going to let them go. And God breaks down, God prophesies. He tells him everything that's going to happen. Well, he's not going to go. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to release plagues through you to get his attention. They'll finally will be freed. And a lot of us know the end story, but I don't want to focus on that so much right now as I do. Moses goes through all this stuff that is an attack on his identity. And in the midst of it, God calls him to do something ridiculous and crazy and amazing. He loves, God loves so much to confound the wise with the foolish things of the world. Now, how much more foolish does it get than that person, the Hebrew, who was raised in Pharaoh's household, who wanted, had a heart for his own people, got caught up in some violent mischief, took off. God sends that person. And, and when God sent him back, Pharaoh had died and everyone that knew about what he did had died. It says that in the Bible. So he's not going back to deal with a bunch of people who were going to be putting him on trial. That, you know, that had passed. But nonetheless... The residue of it remains in his mind because he lived it. And God's saying, now I'm sending you back into that same environment. And I want you to go straight up to the most powerful man in the world and say, let my people go. And if you don't, this is what's going to happen to you. See, we read Bible stories sometimes, I think, and we're like, wow, cool story. Heard it when I was younger. You know, God maybe does that stuff. But I think sometimes we fail to break down the principles and the reality of how the story conveys and relates into my immediate life. 
How many of us have dealt with addiction stuff? How many of us have dealt with identity, struggling to know who am I? Where's my place in this world? What am I called to do? Who is God? Why would God call me to do something amazing? What is this about? What is life about? What am I doing? How many of us have asked those questions? And in the midst of it, Moses is like, yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. And God, the entire time, tries and, of course, wins and is effective, but is trying to get Moses to say, it's not about your ability to do it. It's that I'm going to be with you. It's not about your you're not called to perform and do everything perfect all the time. And well, you, you're going to screw it up if you don't do this and do it that way. God is simply saying, no, all you need to know is that I'm asking you to do it and I'm going to be with you, period. And when that is realized, when that is grasped, when that is understood that God is asking me to do it and he's going to be with me, well, we don't need to figure the whole thing out. We don't need to say, Okay, well, that's great, but what if, how come, what about this? We just say, you're asking me to do it, God? You're going to be with me? All right, let's go. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to figure it out. So my question to you is, what are some areas in your life where you feel like there's been a deliberate opposition, oppression, resistance, attack, if you will, on your identity, on what you're called to do, yet this thing in your heart won't leave? this um, ministry you're supposed to start, this business you're supposed to start, this relationship you're supposed to reconcile, um, something going on with your family, this book you're supposed to write, fill in the blanks. God is calling you to do something and you've made it all about your inadequacies instead of God's abilities. I've done it. I've done it. I'm sure you've done it. I've done it. We've all done it. But at some point, God is saying, are you done? Looking at your weakness and are you ready to look at my strength are you done looking at all the reasons why you can't do it and are you ready to start looking at all the reasons why i can do it so what i hope today if anything is that this challenges you because god has ways of calling people that are so unqualified into doing things that are so mind-boggling and amazing that all anybody that's watching can do is say, that was definitely God, because that person can't do that. That was God. And guess what? He wants to use you to do it. How amazing is that? He wants to use me to do it. He wants to use what the world would call foolish things, unqualified things, and he wants to confound the wise and qualify them to do things that change history, change the course of their family, change the course of people's lives, change the course of their own life, to transform the world around them. And he wants to use you to do it in your world. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Recovering Reality Podcast. If you're interested in recovery coaching, please reach out to us, get plugged into a free 20-minute session so we can get you on the road to transformation. If nothing changes, then nothing changes. You can start a brand new life starting today. Look forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks for joining us.